Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Well, I enjoyed the bit of Hardik ball that we got. Um, Ooh, Harding ball alarm. Oh, no ball, no ball. No no ball. ball. Is that, is that Zach's <laughs> bread? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Rainstop Play. We're here today to have a half series review of the T20 series going on right now between India and England. As we speak, we are midway. Uh, two-thirds of the way through the third T20. England is 64 for one, going on very nicely. So expect updates as this pod goes on. Um, by the time it's out, of the game would have finished, so it will all be out of date. But at least you can hear our live reactions to what's going on. Um, will, what are your live reactions so far to this third T20? Yeah, good. Got, got, got a bit of Hardik ball, a, a mini pant ball, which was cut short, sadly, by a run-out, which is a shame. But um, yeah, we've timed this immaculately for... for two and a half games into the series so it is exactly a half-time series review <laughs> well, well done guys Listen, you, you can't say there isn't attention to detail here on rain stop play we, we know exactly what we're doing uh glenn in a very snowy wyoming snowed in have you been snowed in watching the cricket or have you been um stressed trying to dig a car out of the snow yeah it's a great question dad yeah so for for listeners um who might not know i am in, in wyoming in the in the u.s doing my master's and we've had for the for the state for parts of wyoming we've had record levels of snowfall on in history um uh, and yeah i woke up i woke up uh on sunday i think it was it was meant to be the the second t20 i was going to watch and yeah i woke up and there was a weird sound the door had flown open and there was a stack of snow in our living room so instead of watching india cruise to a win i got the shovel out and used it inside for the first time which which is quite a unique experience <laughs> excellent and zach how's the bread looking we just heard the bread alarm go off is it is it good is it no soggy bottoms or anything no soggy bottom yeah i think actually the bread i did the little knock on it as well uh, mm. just to check it's done and i think it's done well we'll see later i'll, I'll give a little uh, indication to you guys later well once the recording's done that'll be there no, 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 I think listeners would like to hear. We'll, we'll have a mid-pod update. Don't you worry. Stay tuned. Okay. Later, you'll hear how Zach's bread is doing. Uh, before we go into replace the... the Jack Leach start of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I guess sort of like a well-baked loaf of bread looks like Jack Leach's head in, in some way, depending on how 
how well cooked it is. I, I don't know. Um, we don't need to say that about Jack Leach. <laughs> let's uh, before we get into these T20s, let's look at some news uh, around the world of cricket. Uh, not much to go off this week, but a great Test match in Afghanistan. Uh, they played Zimbabwe. They won the second Test by six wickets to tie the series. 1-1 after Zimbabwe won the first test by 10 wickets. Rashid Khan bowled about, I think it was just 100. close to 100 overs, which is <laughs> three or four IPLs over. That guy's a machine, isn't he? Think of all the franchise wickets he's been playing. And then he went and played for, for his country uh, after an injury. He didn't play in the first test, I don't think. And took 11 wickets. So well done to him. A good series, two sort of up-and-coming nations there um, in the cricketing sense anyway, playing some, playing some good stuff. Um, but yeah, that's, that's about it. There's not much news this week, so let's get into the, the good stuff, which is this T20 series. Um, we are two and a half games in, as I said at the top of the pod. Um, England easily winning the first T20. India easily winning the second T20. And mm, this one's fair, quite nicely poised, actually. I'd have England in the, in the driver's seat at the minute with Butler still going. Um, and it's been good fun. There's a lot to learn. We've got a lot coming up you know, in the, in the World Cup context. So we'll start with England. And Zach, what, what are your general thoughts so far about what's happened in this series? I mean, it seems like the talking points to come out of it revolve around David Milan's position in the team, not whether he should be there or, you know, what he should be doing in the team, what role does Ben Stokes have, and then power play wickets, which I think England have solved definitely in these first three T20s now. Um, that issue we had in South Africa of taking wickets early is gone, um, but have we lost a bit of death bowling because of it? I don't know. Discuss. Yeah, it's an interesting one because would you rather have power play wickets or or death bowling? And do do you have to choose? You know, with Joffrey Archer, you do kind of get both. Or well, you know, most of the time you do. But as we saw with Rajasthan, sorry, Will, he can't do it all on his own. So you know, but have we lost a bit of death bowling? I don't know. I feel like the thing is with with the power play wickets is if you if you, the stat is if you lose three wickets in the power play you lose 80% of games. So power play wickets are so important. But India managed to get to a good score today. Well, a fighting total today after losing those three wickets. And, I mean, the, I think the batting's where England have more of a problem, potentially, because I think in the second T20, we saw what can go wrong with our top order being, you know, the way it is. Because Roy, you know, he, he did, Roy did, Roy's done quite well or did quite well in the first two games. Butler not so well. And then we saw Milan kind of come in and eat up a lot of balls in the power play. And I personally think we should, in, if we lose an early wicket, Bairstow should come in first because because we've seen what he can do with against a hard white ball in the power play. So I think that makes more sense. And then Milan's role is to kind of, you know, go at 100, 120. And then in the last kind of five overs, really rock it. And that's what he does so well. And it's what, you know, it's what Verrett Kohli does so well for India as well and did so well today. So I think that needs to be looked at, but England seem to be kind of just trying to set this batting order up and kind of set Bairstow at four, whereas I think they should be more flexible with it. There's definitely been a bit of flexibility from India as well in their batting line. And I do agree there needs to be a little bit of that from England's point of view. Um, you, you suggested it literally today that Bairstow should have come in after Roy fell early, but that didn't happen. And Milan's now, what, nine off 11 or something like that? And this is an issue in Milan. I'd like to know what, what Will and Glenn think of this as well, is that in the second T20, he, he did his normal thing of probably striking at about 100 for the first 10 balls. And then we expect him to go into that second gear so long as he survives. When he doesn't survive, it becomes a bit of an issue for England, isn't it? And he eats up a lot of deliveries where, especially in the power play, 
they should be really easy to easy score easy to score deliveries so Glenn what do you think of Milan and I feel like a broken record though we have been speaking about this a lot when England playing T20 cricket um is it a problem should should be people having a word with him or are we happy with how he's going I think it's a really good good question um, to pose, to be honest, Dan, because I do think he has a import, an important role in this team. I do think he offers something that maybe the other batsmen don't. Um, so I do think we need to, I think, still respect that. But at the same time, if, as you said, if he's eating up deliveries, which means there's less for Bearstow, Morgan, Stokes going down to six, that is Stokes coming in at the minute, it's not ideal, um, really. I think it's a really difficult one. I think what will be a really good case study is the game ongoing, the, the third T20 we're watching right now that's ongoing as we're recording, because this is actually like, you know, I, I agree. I think it would have been very interesting to throw Bester in ahead of him, but here is an opportunity for, for Milan to really actually make a start. He's going just less than a runner ball, as you mentioned right now, and then kick on. And I mean, if he doesn't kick on now, he's had three goes in a, in a row, right? And he got 24, I think, both innings in the first and second um game so we really want him in this position to be getting his head down pushing on to that 120 strike rate and then getting a score of 30 plus into the 40s uh i think he can do it i think he's wonderful but as i think zach might have mentioned who saw a lot more of the big bash than, than probably all of us combined i imagine um i don't think he had a fantastic um tournament if that's correct so it's interesting to see he burst onto the scene and in the last t20i series we saw i think he did very well so yeah, I think still give him time. I don't think his place of the team's in doubt. I don't think any of us are necessarily suggesting that, but I think he does need to prove it. T20 is one of those games where you can get back into form and get out of form so quickly. You don't want him to see this whole go this whole series without a fifty. That is for sure. It's just it's just that like every time he like starts slowly, this conversation happens again. And I've not got an issue with him starting slowly, but if you look at India and the player that they've got that does that role, it happens to be Virat Kohli, who's very good at cricket, as as we've all watched. So. Will, from your perspective, looking at how sort of the Indian version of that, you know, Kane Williamson, uh, Joe Root when he was in the team and now David Milan, Cody does it a lot differently. And when he's being slow, quotation marks, he strikes at sort of 120 and then goes on at 170, 180. Um, he does it so much differently and so much better. What can Milan learn from that? I think it's very unfair on anybody to compare them to Virat Kohli. <laughs> Uh, favorably or unfavorably um, <laughs> i remember in the uh, in the in the short format games last summer people kept saying sam billings has tried to learn from coley and i thought this is all well and good and he, he does play kind of a similar style in some ways but like if i was sam billings i probably wouldn't want to tell people that <laughs> you're, you're setting yourself up for failure really there um but i think in some ways the milan situation isn't helped by this tag that he's now got as the best T20 batsman in the world in yes. internationals. That that feels like he's kind of burst onto the scene and got that tag too early and now feels a lot of pressure to live up to it. Um, I've said before on this pod, and I'll, I'll happy to say again, because as the rain stop play curse goes, he will now score a century in front of our eyes, probably. Uh, but 17 I will or 15 at the minute for you, I'll... Will, so he's, he's trying to get there for you. <laughs> I'll, I'll say it again just to embarrass myself, but I've said it before. <laughs> I don't think one could be called the best T20 batsman in the world if you've never played an IPL or a World Cup. That just feels like you know, you've put some nice scores up in less important competitive contexts, <laughs> and that's all well and good. Um, sorry, I, I forget your question now, Dan. I've segued this into having a go. Um, I was asking uh, what Milan can learn from Coley because I've not compared to how him. To so play he, cricket he should better. aspire. Yeah, Milan, how do you play cricket better? Will, do you have any suggestions for him? Just in that very specific role. I think, in a sense, it's less about what he does in that role and more about everything that you put around him. 
because in the Indus setup, it's very clear that Kohli can do what he wants and he can go at a runner ball for the first 20, 25 balls and people don't have a go at him because pretty much every single batsman, with maybe the exception of Kale Rahul in that team, is there to be much more aggressive than Kohli, which isn't necessarily the case uh, in the England setup. Or if it is, then I think that needs to be much more explicit. And I completely agree with Zach that putting Bairstow in um, at three in the power play would be a much more logical system. I think it's kind of... It seems... It's what like I said before about it kind of being a bit of a similar problem is that both teams kind of have this anchor, but also India have, you know, Kale Rahul goes, you know, relatively slowly, which is fine opening up. But then Shreyas Aya also kind of, you know, can, plays the anchor role for Delhi a lot of the time. So it's a bit difficult. And then, you know, it's why I like Ishan Kishan at the top or, or in the middle. But, you know, you think and also there's been a lot of people talking about Surya Kumar Yadav as, as kind of the answer, but he also, you know, often plays that role for Mumbai of playing the anchor. And like we've said before about the top, the top run scorers in the IPL are all those anchors. Cause you know, they do hit the most runs cause, but they don't do it far. They don't do it as fast as other players. So it doesn't necessarily, you know, they are, all, they're all good players. And I, I say, but you can't have, I don't think you can have four or five of them in one team, which I think's, the issue that kind of both these teams do have a little bit because, well, England's openers not so much, but you look at Stokes and Morgan, neither of them really, they don't go from ball one like, uh, you know, Kieran Pollard or Hardik Pandya. Sorry to interrupt you, Zach. We've just lost David Milan, stumped, uh, 18 off 16. And if that isn't a classic Milan innings, I don't know what is. Well done, Will. Um, nice one, mate. Uh, <laughs> on how many anchors is too many anchors is is the question. Did too many anchors sink a ship? You know, we're getting very <laughs> metaphorical here. I don't know, but I agree that, and we'll come on to Stokes in a bit and England's finishing issues potentially. But yeah, I think uh, Milan will work in that spot when Butler and Roy and Bearstow can go off around him. I mean, it was working just then with Butler striking at two hundred and Milan going above a hundred. That that works enough for me. But I think in the second T20, we saw where it, where it fails, where no one's quite doing it and then Milan looks even weaker. Um, but I do want to chat about Ben Stokes a little bit and just want to ask, like, what's his role in the team at the minute? He's He bowls maybe two overs. I, I, I won't call him a classic T20 finisher. And, you know, he's batting down at six. So I think England have got to try and get the best out of him because he probably is our best player um, all round. He's a phenomenal cricketer. So... What do England do to get the best out of him in this, t- in this packed T20 side? I, I would love to see him, you know, develop, in, develop as a finisher because I can't see him... I know Rajasthan pushed him up to open, but I can't see him doing that for England. So I'd rather... Will, can you have a chat with, with your mates at Rajasthan and make sure they play him as a finisher so we can get some good <laughs> practice in as that? Because... Uh- I'll send Jake McCrum another message if he replies. <laughs> no, he's already aired as well. Come on, that's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because... He needs practice as that finisher because I don't think he's going to... Like There was question marks over Jason Roy before this series started and I feel like Jason Roy's kind of shut them up a little bit. At least for now, I can't see him getting replaced anytime soon. And, you know, obviously, if he were to be replaced, I don't think Stokes would be the one to go to the top. I think a, a certain Mr Hales would have something to say about it. You know, there's Liam Livingston who's in this squad who opens most of the time, but I feel like a lot of the time... England fans seem to talk about him as if he is the answer to the finisher role, also because he can bowl a bit of spin as well. But I, I'm not sure how much we can trust that. I think, you know, if we're looking for a second spinner, Moeen's going to be the answer, but Moeen doesn't seem to be 
well, it isn't what they're going for at the moment. Any more for any more on Ben Stokes? Because I think that's a good point, Zach. I think he can't. He's never going to open. He's not. I don't think he's even in that discussion in England's terms. And he's never going to bat higher than six, is he? Because Morgan, Morgan's better than him. He's not going to control things like Bairstow and Melander. So maybe we just keep him down at six and and hope he does something like that and becomes a finisher. I don't really know. His overs are very useful, um, but yeah, it, it's a strange one. It's a strange one. Yeah, I just think he is still that. He's still a quintessential T20 player, isn't he? I think if you look at the full package, he can obviously, he's one of, on his day, one of the best batsmen in the world, without a doubt, in all forms of the game. His bowling, as you said, Dan's useful, and his fielding's outstanding. And I think he really is that all round athlete that I think just fits really nicely into T20 teams, um, into the 11. Completely agree that six probably isn't optimal for him because we're not, as we just mentioned, we're not really seeing the best out of him as it stands. But. If we lose early wickets, he's an excellent person to come in that position. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a tough one for him. He feels kind of just stuck in between bowling, batting, as you kind of mentioned. But, yeah, he still has a role to play in this team, and I'm sure we will see it um, as, as, as the T20 um, internationals go on. I mean, I'm sure we'll see a beginnings from him in this in this, in this this um, series. Cue, cue a quick 20 from 10 balls from Stokes to win this 30-20. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's what I, I was thinking. Know. Let's hope so. <laughs> And it it is worth throwing into the mix since Glenn mentions correctly Stokes' excellent fielding, the howler of a dropped catch that he uh, he unfortunately put down <laughs> in that second T20. Yeah, I mean, should we forgive Glenn for sl- shoveling snow at his doorway? The fact you didn't see that after just <laughs> did not see gym. that. <laughs> I, I, I think the, we can forgive that. I put into our chat on Sunday, didn't I? That I think I thought we we're going to have to have some bad fielding discourse surrounding India after they they probably gave England an extra twenty runs in that first oh. innings, and then England proceeded to drop Kohli and Kishan. So. I decided let's not talk about fielding because I was angry. Um, yeah, <laughs> fielding and, discourse is over now. Yeah, it's only only our India are bad. Um, but again, just to finish on England's batting, it is incredibly deep. If I look at this team in the third T20, Stokes at six, you know, Curran at seven. Is Archer underrated in T20s by England? I know I absolutely lamented him for how bad he is in white when he bats, but I think England don't like to push him up when perhaps they should have. I think especially in the te- second T20. So. I don't know, and, and the same for India maybe will, but is is too many batsmen a problem? I, I don't know why I'm spinning too many batsmen as a problem like this. Do you know what I mean? It feels like we're wasting people, is what I'm saying. And this is just coming from an England fan who, you know, white ball cricket hasn't been our strong suit, you know, maybe 10 years ago. I think that's right, and I think it, it comes back to the point that we've said a lot on this pod and we said about Milan, is that it it matters the system and the strategy that you go into it. This is why Mumbai are the best IPL team by far, because they've they've had a very stable squad for the last few years. They have a particular style. Everyone in that lineup has a role. And they have a lot of batsmen. You know, they go down to six or seven deep, but everybody still feels like they're contributing. Whereas with this England lineup, it does feel, as you guys have said, that if you put Stokes in at six, there aren't enough balls left by the time you get down to him. And that is about how you're telling the guys above him to bat. Um, and I think that's just something that needs to be worked out on the way towards the World Cup and probably worked out for India as well. Um, I haven't yet had the opportunity on this podcast to have a pop at Shreyas Iyer, but I, I will do so now if I'm allowed. Um, Please. Because he, he fills that anchor role, even though he comes in after the anchor, at, often at five, <laughs> and then dawdles for ten odd balls. And I mean, literally, his his only role in the side is to take balls away from Pant and Hardik. I don't really know what his what the point of him is. Yeah, he, I mean, he comes in after the anchor, who also comes in if Rahul opens after an anchor opening. <laughs> yeah, and also, but then also comes in after because he, he's been coming in after Pant as well at five. So it's like. 
oh, we brought in a dasher. Then we've got to have another anchor just just to you know balance it out. And then then we've got Pandia though. No matter how many balls we've got left. But in that in that first game though, he didn't do like look just looking at the the actual runs. You know, sixty seven off forty eight with a strike rate with the best strike rate of anyone who faced more than three balls. I mean, the stats say otherwise in that first game. Yeah, I don't know where this is coming from, Will. Please, please explain. I'm on your side here, Will. (laughs) Zach agrees with me. One game does not forgive everything. And yes, in that particular game, he did put in a match winning, uh, or put in the best performance from India, because everybody above him was terrible and collapsed. And it's like, yes, in that particular instance, where two anchors ahead of you fall apart, he played that role very well, but that's not going to happen in most T20 games. And the question is, what's your role in the side as a structural question? Not, did you happen to play well once? Although he did, but even then, he, d- he dawdled his way to 30 pretty slowly as well. <laughs> dawdled his way to dawdled, the highest score that. by 40 runs. <laughs> but I see what you mean. But did, but, did, but did they win? That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, while we're here on Indies batting, we've, we've made it here. Let's, let's, let's set up camp here for a bit. Um, has... Well, has the, has the Darwin era ended now? I feel like I feel like that first T20 was it for him, and India will have fully moved on. Uh, and I'm not that embedded into in, in the India camp or the psyche or the you know their Twitter, for example, you know fans. But from an outsider, it even feels like that's probably his time, isn't it? I feel bad on this podcast. It's because of the questions you ask me, Dan. I always end up. <laughs> I'm critical of all the Indians you ask me about. <laughs> but yes, in this particular context, I have been trying to kill Shukha Darwin's international career since we started this podcast. Um, but yes, of course, I do hope this is uh, more or less the end of it as a first choice starter in that in that opening pair. I don't think he offers enough. I think he's got one, you know, excellent, excellent, very high strike rate performance in him. But but for each one of those. There are two or three or even four pretty drab performances. Um, and I think at this point, he's just not consistent enough to rely upon to get a good score in the opening pair when you've got so many options that you can call on. I think I think the issue, well, my kind of affinity for Shikadawan is, you know, like you say, he's got that one innings in him and, you know, he, he's hit a couple, you know, hit back to back centuries in the IPL. And, you know, it's like, wow, you know, how can they not pick him? But there's lots of other options. And also it's kind of the similar thing that, Jason Roy has kind of been living off his ODI form and obviously Rohit Sharma and Shikadawan in ODIs, I think they've scored more runs than like any other ODI opening pair. Or There's something like that. They're up there. So I feel like both of them as an opening pair, everyone's like, well, they have to bat together in T20 just because they're really good in ODIs. So that's kind of, I feel like that's been hanging over India for a while. But if they can move on, but is KL Rahul that much better? I mean, in the form he's in at the minute, he looks a little bit lost, which is a bit crazy because he was so good in uh, the autumn IPL of 2020. That, but he's looked lost against the serious pace that England have had, and we'll come on to their bowlers later. But yeah, what what's the solution to that? Will is it is it going to be Kishan and Sharma? Because Rahul has to go after this after this T20. I suspect he won't be playing in the fourth and fifth. You'd have thought so, yeah. That that definitely seems like the narrative. When you've scored one run across three games, uh, you, you're probably going to lose your place there. He um, looked ugly as well. Like the dismissal yeah. today from Wood, uh, I think Rob Key on comms. Oh, how good is that to, Rob, to have Rob Key back, by the way, guys? Let's just a quick pause for Rob Key. A moment for Rob Key. Uh, anyway, he was saying that, yeah, his head was out of position, his feet were out of position, and he just doesn't look comfortable against the outright pace. So who who... I'm looking very far ahead here, but who comes in for him? What, what's your ideal opening partnership for India? What about Prithvi Shaw or Paddy Cal? 
I'm just Will's, putting Will, out Will's there. head. Will's head in hands, listeners. Will is <laughs> Will is just trying to not insult Zach. I mean, isn't pretty uh, sure it's a really good nick at the minute in the domestic one days. Exactly. But so and Paddy Carl has also been really good in the domestic in in the domestic T20s, maybe, or was there's it the a, domestic one days? There's as only well? one spot free though, right? Rohit's the hitman's there. We we're happy with him there, right? Yeah, I think so. Certainly for the for the foreseeable future. I'm not. I I I react to Prithvi Shaw only because I see this pattern from the England fans on this podcast and and England fans over the years, which is getting very excited about an opener and then he has a shocking spell of form and then he's gone and then somebody comes in and the cycle repeats endlessly. <laughs> and I and I feel like Prithvi Shaw is that classic role of batsman where he came in, he was excellent. He was horrific in Australia and had to go. And now people, you know, someone else is a dodgy run of form. It's instantly pretty sure has to come back. And and I'm not against that. And maybe it will happen. I'm, I'm certainly not saying his international career is over as an opener. He he will come back and I'm sure he'll have excellent performances. Uh, I don't know if quite so soon is the way forward for that. I'd absolutely love a debut for Padikal if that's on the cards. Uh, very, very pro that. Mainly because, I, I mean, I just love... For the fifth... Look, we've said before, you don't need five T20s in a series. Nobody needs this many. So... I think, yeah, why not? Get, knock the last one off a bit. Play all the kids in. Get Padakal, Ishkish, Pant, Hardik, all together. Let's have fun with it. Gil. 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 Why not? Yeah, okay. <laughs> feeling a bit, feeling a bit crazy. Another anchor. If they want to play, if they just want to play all anchors. <laughs> anchors down to eleven. No bowlers. Gil, Rahul, Kohli. Pajara could do a job. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Getting warmed up for, for Chennai this year. Um, on Ishan Kishan, how satisfying is that name to say? Just just from a sort of plosive, I guess it isn't very plosive, but just the, the way it comes out your mouth is lovely, isn't it? I've, I've always been a big fan of his since the, uh, since, since the, I, since the Mumbai documentary on uh, Netflix. And also because, yes. partly because of the name, but also he, was, he, was, he came into the team... Because that documentary would have been 2018, I think. Uh, and then he he came to the team and then really struggled. And, you know, it was Pollard was looking after him. And then he was out of the team for a bit in 2019 and then was brilliant last year for them. You know, it was really important than winning it. So I'm really happy to see him, you know, coming back and doing well. Considering he's a wicketkeeper batsman who never seems to keep wicket ever because, you know, yeah, aren't all batsmen wicketkeeper batsmen? Just pop some pads and gloves on them, and they can become a wicketkeeper, like like Billings and Pope, and 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 from an England perspective. Um, people on Twitter were talking about good commentary names and Naughty Naughty. Do you remember him, the footballer? I think he played for Portsmouth and Birmingham, maybe. Uh, another good name for commentators. Yeah, yeah. Google it. Naughty Naughty Naughty. N o r t e y. I think. Anyway, we digress. Um, quick update: England 102 for two after 12. And again, you'll be listening to this once the game's done. But just letting you know where we're at as we speak right now. Um, can we chat about England's bowling attack? Because it's been very fun to watch, but there's still definitely some areas of improvement, which is fine. That's good. That's how quick it is. Um, let's start with the good things, though, Glenn, because Archer is unbelievable in his short little four, four over spells. Wood, in that first T20, and again today in the third, was quick as well, probably quicker than Archer. And then Curran and Jordan are just masterful bowlers. I think this is a really good-looking England attack. And I'd say that, uh, was it Woods, Archer, Curran, Rashid, your spinner, Jordan, there's your five bowlers. I'd expect that to be the first bowling attack for the, the World Cup. I don't know if you agree. I think that's a really good point. And just going through it, so 
India, again, as we all know, you know, one of the best um, T20 teams in the world, if not the best, on their home patch. Their highest score this series is 166. Um, and I know they haven't been, like, necessarily the flattest tracks in the world, but I don't think they've they've also been doing a massive amount for the bowlers. Keep the pitch, keep the pitch discourse out of this, Glenn. No, I'm not, I'm not going that way. No, sticking with the bowlers, squarely bowlers. Um, I think they've done really well. Um, India... Although, you obviously, it's been two one-sided games. I think that's been clear. Um, one heavy win for each team, without a doubt. But no team's kind of run away with it in the batting sense. I don't think we haven't seen mammoth scores. Like, we're almost used to seeing a 200 every other T20 game, right? We used to just... That's just part of part of package of the of the format of the game. But I think both both teams of bowlers have, have done well. But England, it just kind of feels with confidence. Um, I, think you, I think there's almost probably more questions... Well, I just think this is quite a set England team, and it's it's quite interesting. I think we are talking about small parts of it, right? If if, if our biggest worry, so to speak, is whether Milan is scoring quick enough at three. I mean, as you said, go back a couple of years ago, we don't have openers, we don't have middle order, <laughs> and we don't have T20 bowlers. So I think we're kind of talking about the really fine bit, which is worth having that discussion, because to win an international tournament, which we're trying to do, we need to have every player at their best. But the bowling, to really get to your question, I think it's excellent. I mean... I mean, Archer and Woods, if they're both fit, we all know Archer is one of the very finest um, T20 players in the world. It's, it's a real, you know, bit of luck and a privilege to have him, him on our team, to have a real quick strike bowler. And we've always said, historically, something we discussed on this pod, England isn't known for these 90-mile-an-hour-plus bowlers. We're just not a country that produces many of them. And with Archer and Wood, we've got two really consistent, ridiculously quick bowlers. And... Every T20 international team needs a real world-class spinner. And in, in, in Rashid, I know he hasn't necessarily been at his complete best this series, probably fair to say. On his day, he's one of the best. So I think it's great. And then we have the Curran, Stokes, Jordans. I mean, Jordan's a great bowler, and we always forget about him because he's outshone, outshone quotations by the rest. So I'm, I know I'm just kind of heaping praise on them, but I'm really confident and at ease with this bowling lineup. And I think we've got a, a great selection of bowlers going into this into this World Cup. Some really good points there, Glenn, and I do agree. We are in a pretty good position if all we can talk about is, oh, but what about our fifth bowling option? <laughs> or oh, which We're one of these now. world, which one of these world class batsmen are we going to fit into our side? <laughs> yeah, it's and yeah, Jordan. Jordan just goes unnoticed because also when you were mentioning how deep we bat, Jordan is is a pretty decent. You know, he's a bowling all rounder, but the all rounder part's there. Like he's he's done it on numerous occasions for Sussex and England and, you know, the various T20 sides around the world he's represented. I mean, who's better than Joffre Archer at the moment with a white ball? I, I don't think anyone, well, Bumra, but Bumra doesn't seem to be allowed he's, to play in a white Bumra's ball game. preoccupied what, by his, yeah. I think he's, he's a two-day wedding. It looked like a two-day wedding, I think. And then someone tweeted that his wedding lasted, lasted, lasted longer than the third test match, um, <laughs> which is very considerate of him. But yeah, I think you're both right. We, we're very lucky at the minute. Um, Wood looks awesome. Wood looks like he's absolutely firing. And I love seeing Mark Wood do well. Three wickets today, an expensive end to his spell. But him coming in, I think they've been, they've been England have changed to Rashid bowling, opening the bowling, as, as Moeen would have perhaps if he was in the side. Bowling, I think you've got one today, two in the first T20, with Archer opening. And then Wood comes in as like, the, the first change in the power play. I mean, how effective has that been? And how quick does he look? And how accurate is he? Heap more praise on Mark Wood, please. I, th I think it's a real shame he's not really playing in the IPL. And I think he kind of made that decision because he wanted to focus on test cricket, which is a real shame for someone who doesn't have a central contract. 
and just won't get picked for that test side anyway at the minute. No, particularly not at home, he won't. I think it's a real shame for him that he's not going to play in the IPL because we saw how much bowlers who, no offence to a few of those bowlers, aren't as good at bowling in T20s as Mark Wood is, going for a hell of a lot of money. So he could have got himself a a pretty packet in that auction. Are you adding Carl Jameson there? Are you starting some starting some rain stop play beef with Carl Jameson who went for many, many lack. Um, 100 of two. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm happy he's not at the IPL from an England perspective because he missed that second T20 with a bruised heel. So I feel like a decent IPL for him might have him in, you know, to, yeah. on the sideline for a little while. So he's fit and firing for that World Cup and can play as many as possible because we saw his replacement in Tom Curran. Um not have a great second T20. Not saying he lost us the game entirely and that Mark Wood just wins his games, but the part of the game that Curran bowled was pretty important and he didn't do it well. So, you know, if there are issues in his bowling attack, where is their second spinner coming from? The answer is probably Moeen. And where is their <laughs> sixth seamer coming from? <laughs> Again, I feel stupid asking these questions, but Glenn, where is England's sixth seamer if not Tom Curran? Yeah, I mean that was you, 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 you did it. Though. You, I was about to ask that um, actually. Um, I think maybe to to Zach or Will, just because I know their knowledge of the of the county game is pretty good as well. Is there is there anyone based? I guess to, to rephrase it maybe and make it more entertaining for our listeners as opposed to our tenth seamer. <laughs> is there anyone <laughs> banging on the door who should be in this team who's very unfortunate not to be in the eleven? I can't think of anyone. Will anyone jump to your mind? I'm not going to say unfortunate, but. Bumble on commentary today, asserting ahead of Moeen, England's second spinner should be Joe Root. No, no, well, uh, we closed that door. We closed that door a lot. We closed that remember. door a long time I think it was ago. the South Africa series. I thought it'd be fun to talk about him, and then we agreed not to. Did Bumble say that today? He said it today, endlessly, oh. like not like more than once. You can't oh. close the narrative down if there's one thing we've learned on this pod. Bring in Parkinson or someone. We don't need another batsman. Like, where we bat at number seven? Do you know what I mean? I, I get it. He's a good off spinner, but he could be he could be the anchor at number eight. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, this is the anchor episode. This is, get, no, that's the title full, right there. Yeah, you can get a full IPL. I reckon a full IPL draft of anchor batsmen. I'm talking <laughs> two hundred plus players. Um, back to the question though Zach do you have anyone I think it's a great point from Glenn is anyone knocking on the door really for from either a spin or pace bowling perspective I think I think spin certainly not there's no one really like there's not there's certainly no one banging down that door really you know Parkinson seems to be the next in line but they seem to not trust him enough to even give him a go I'd love to yeah. see him play at some point in this series it's like well Agreed. okay so say England win the toss in the next game as well and, you know, inevitably we win that one. Uh, <laughs> and we're 3-1 up. Surely give Parkinson a go. Surely give... The, the, out of the pace bowlers, we've got Topley is in the squad, who I think is next in line. I think he should have a go. Even, even if the series is on the line, it's, it's, it's a bilateral series. This doesn't matter. The ODIs, on the other hand, do matter. But this doesn't matter. We've qualified for the World Cup. So that's fine. Other than that... Jake Ball is in the squad, but had a pretty torrid time for the Sydney Sixers in the in the big bash. They might have won it, but he wasn't very good and kept being... He was in and out of the side and was really expensive during the uh, power surge over. <laughs> and it was it was quite painful. So are there people lightly knocking on the door? Is that what we're saying? There's no one bashing on it. Is Moeen bashing on it? Is Moeen, is Moeen going to get a run out in any of these games? You know, 
the Moeen Sam Curran battle. Uh, is Moeen going to win that for one of these games? Just give him a run out at least. Poor guy's flowing back again. Surely, surely give him a run out. But I don't think he's any more than lightly tapping on the door, really, is he? Alongside, <laughs> well, I'm going to put another one out there. Remember Pat Brown? Remember when he won Worcestershire, the, the T20 blast yes. in uh, 2018, 2019? Yeah, exactly, 2018. That's now three years ago, Zach. You shouldn't bring Gary oh, Batty back while Also, <laughs> also Pat, Brown, Pat Brown bowled one of the worst overs I've ever seen last summer. Oh, I remember that. Somerset, yeah, on Sky. It was like a 15-ball like over. You couldn't, you couldn't hit the strip for a while. <laughs> it was a, yeah, it was a, there was a no-ball because he, he didn't hit the strip, so he's, he's lost in, whatever he And has. he's in your queue behind the door that's, of England. That's Zach's, that's Zach's wildcard pick, is a guy who can't hit the grass. <laughs> he's been, he, he's been, he was in England, he was in the England squad for the when we toured New Zealand, the T20s then. I think he, I think he played a T20 then, but he might have. Well, I, he's, Parkinson definitely played in New Zealand. He's been injured and it's been difficult for him. And Josh Butler's a really good cricketer. I don't know if anyone's watching this. Yeah, so I, was quite... just, I was going to very lightly whisper 100 watch. Um, he's 73 or 43. England need, England need 37. So he's going to have to farm the strike a little bit. But it's on, isn't it, guys? It's on. I, I, you know what that would mean if he got to 100? Oh, would he join your list of... Of course he would. Test, ODI and T20 hundreds. Oh, this could be a momentous day on Rainstop Play, and if you're watching not, it live. You know, listeners. I, there's. <laughs> you think I do this? I do this so often. I see a batsman getting close to it, and I'm like, they could join the list. They could join the list, and <laughs> inevitably they don't because, well, he's he's, re- he's really got a farm the strike, doesn't he? He's yeah, going to kick on in a minute, isn't he? Just take it take it away from his wicket keeping friend. Um, okay, so in short, on England's bowlers, very good. Lots of lots of good bowling options. Perhaps not as much depth as we'd like, but we're getting very picky. But the guys who are out there are pouring to a very high level. And yeah, um, uh, India's bowling then. Let's chat about their bowlers and what they've gone for across these three T20s. That first T20 world where they had Washington and Aksar and Chahal, I didn't. That that balance was pretty minging for me, and that they changed that pretty quickly. Also. Axar, no, I haven't seen Axar enough. Washington's T20 bang is pretty boring, isn't it? I know I bigged him up during the IPL, but my guy isn't a great T20 batsman, so I don't think he is great at seven, you know? No, I think that's right. And the only positive on that is that he doesn't really need to bat a huge amount um, because it goes deep anyway. Obviously, this this conversation is um, in the context of us all currently watching Butler bully the Indian spinners, uh, which is a shame. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think I agree, um, and I and I think we should be desperately trying to work out if Jasper can cut his honeymoon short and get on the bus to Ahmedabad uh, in time <laughs> for in time for the next game. Um, it's a weird one because we've we've said so many times about how much depth there is in theory in the Indian bowling lineup, and they've been, I mean, they've not been poor in this series by any means, um, but it's also not been sparkling. I'd I'd like to see Natarajan again for the next game probably just to mix it up a little bit, um, and probably Siraj as well. Yeah, no India bowlers stood out for me that much, you know, uh, in, in any phase of the game. It's good to see Bhuvaneshwar back and he can move the ball. He certainly did at the, at the top of his third T20. Um, Chahal is uh, reliable, should I say. Uh, again, very good bowler. He's not wowing me at the minute. Good to see Hardik bowling a little bit more, though, for India, because that, that does give you that, that extra the balance, as it were. If he's bowling his four, then you can pop into the batsman in there, right? You don't need the extra bowler because of that. So that that's good to see. And he bowls pretty well. I forgot how good a bowler he actually is. 
Yeah, he's a, he's a very capable bowler, and we've we've let the rain stop play swear jar go there for Dan saying balance, and no one yeah. got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a double whammy. Isn't That's it? a double one again. Is it like it's a multiplier bonus? Like if I say them back to back, it's actually two pound and three pound, etc. It is. Soon we'll have enough to get another shirt for a giveaway. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I agree. I think Hardik's contribution is really, really useful. Um, and he's actually been among the more consistent and the better of the of the seamers in, in the absence of Jasper Bumrah. Um, I think he's kind of looked the best of them. Uh, Thackle, good, bad, indifferent on him. I'm, I'm, again, you've both pulled very similar faces to how I feel, sort of indifferent, meh faces on how he's been. Um, is there anyone... I guess Bumrah, you said Nataraj. Any other names knocking about that you want to see for these last two T20s? Anyone? I mean, I mentioned off air before, like we, me and Dan were talking about who who would get into this team instead of Takor or instead of, you know, instead of Bhuvaneshwar Kumar. And I think Bhuvaneshwar Kumar, you know, probably deserves a spot. But would Will? Do you think Shami would walk into this side if he was? I, mean, I don't think he's in the squad, but would he walk into this side if he was fit? Because I know he's had some injury problems. But it's a very good question. I think he does give them a bit more directness and a bit more pace and slightly more of a wicket-taking option um but i kind of love Boovy. i think he clearly gets the most swing on it of any of them as we saw in the top of this innings he's very consistent he gets his line and length right pretty much all of the time which shammy is a little bit more chaotic um but yeah i think if you're looking towards a world cup squad you probably go boomerah shammy and then for me i still think siraj is probably the the best of the rest of them i thought he had an excellent ipl last year it's been excellent in all of the uh, f- formats for for india that he's played so far um and i can't really see why he wouldn't be in the t20 squad apart from they're trying to spread the playtime around and give him a bit of a rest and give others game time now but if we're looking at a world cup squad i mean you know the, the pace he's able to get combined with the seam off the deck and the wicket taking threat i feel like it's him shami and bumbra who are the best three yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. I kind of forgot about how good Siraj was and how we all you know knew him from the T20s before, just because of how good he's been in the Test arena. Yeah, I think he's a really good option as well. So if it you know if it's moving about, say say it's moving about quite a bit, it looks like it's moving about. You could play. Obviously, you're not going to see. You, he's a good squad member, is what I'm trying to say in in, in so many words. But here, if you, you know, say it's a bit of a green top and it looks like it's going to do a bit, you could play him and. Bhuvaneshwar Kumar and they're going to be two really good options if it's seeming a bit and obviously Bumrah is you know unbelievable on any pitch so that's a really good you know three-pronged seam attack and then if you have I suppose if you, you don't even need three proper seamers if you've then got Hardik and India have got quite a few options it seems perhaps a bit more than England as we were just discussing but I mean what I also found strange I think we spoke about this at the end of the last pod or it's come up at some point in the last week but in, this is India's last T20I. The fifth, the fifth one will be their last T20I for the World Cup. Um, which is that true? Are we are we sure on that? It, there aren't any confirmed in the schedule, but I've heard talk okay. about them having eight more. Oh, I don't wow. know where the I don't know where these eight more are coming from. I don't. Oh. I, I I'm a bit confused. Well, that kind of kills my question. Talking that, about it, that kind of kills my question to Will. But I'm going to do it anyway. Which is, if the fifth T20I is their last game, it won't be. That would be ridiculous before the World Cup. How confident are you feeling with this squad? We've only seen two and a half T20s. What's your confidence level like as an India fan going into the, the home World Cup in, in October? Well, it's a good question. I was going to throw into the mix just, just for some controversy whether we think these two will be 
not necessarily the finalists because you never know how things pan out in the tournament itself. But are these the two best T20 teams in the world going into that World Cup? Not nods all round. Firm oh, yes. Three for nods. Me. Firm, yes. Yes. I think when they put the two teams up um, on the graphic at the start of the game today, you just look at that and go, wow, the, the quality of players that are, that are in these both, uh, both of these teams, they have to be, don't they? I think I agree with that. And, and to answer your original question, Dan, in light of that, if, this, if these two are the finalists, how confident am I feeling? Not as confident as I was expecting to be after three games of this series, I'll be honest. I, I thought, you know, at home with the, with the T20 side that India have, yeah, I wasn't expecting to be what looks like it will be two one down in in the series. So, but 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 also, you know, not kind of desperately despondent either. Um, I think at this point in time, I'd probably say forty percent India, sixty percent England. Yeah, I like that. And it, it is tricky with T twenties because you can have one bad game and you're and you're knocked out. And someone like Australia, and New Zealand, who are very good T twenty sides in their own right, can probably come and spoil this party. That's exactly what I was thinking. And I, I watched, uh, I think, two or. Two of the um, New Zealand Australia games that we we discussed um, in the intro to the previous part, and it was interesting. There there were a lot of moving parts in both teams. Like there were a lot of brilliant batters, there were great bowlers in both teams, but there wasn't that kind of almost like holistic sense of a really good team that I get with India and England. Yeah. I feel like there's depth to both these teams. I feel like there's quality in every department. New Zealand, for example, just seemed to be lacking that really world class spinner. And I think Australia just don't seem to be out there. Like I wouldn't be scared of playing Australia if if they if, they, if we had to play them next week. I'd feel pretty confident of a win in Indian conditions. I think one other thing to consider is, is is the fans. I think that I think the having home fans will make a massive difference for India. And obviously, we hope that we can safely get some fans in there. I imagine we will for for the for the World Cup. That is a massive advantage. Um, so I think that's something to keep considering as well because there's been a massive mix in these games of fans, too many fans, no fans, like consistently full home uh, supporters will be huge I think that's I think that's a really good point you make about um, Australia and New Zealand because like you say the both teams have got some real stars but Definitely. they just don't seem to have they don't seem to have anywhere near the depth and certainly New Zealand don't Australia have Australia have probably you know a similar level of depth to England have they've got lots of bowlers who are nearly there but there's a lot of bowlers who because a lot of bowlers that played in that side in those, in those, because because it was meant to be at the same time as the Test series in South Africa, there was no Hazelwood, there was no Stark, no Cummins. But you know, Cummins isn't necessarily that good a T20 bowler. KKR spent a hell of a lot of money on him, and he wasn't that great. And then, you know, Jai Richardson is coming in, but you know, he's young and not got much international experience. I think then they're, they're not going to be quite there for the T20 World Cup. But I'll say that now, and then they'll go on and win it, obviously. <laughs> I totally agree. And just obviously we were watching this game live. And is there any better sight for a non-Indian fan in world cricket than Virat Kohli having a sulk after dropping a catch that might have won them the game? He is crying. He's throwing the ball on the floor. He's looking furious. It is so satisfying. Inject it. <laughs> you know what I mean? One of, one of the worst joyous. One of the, one of the worst cricketing things I've seen was um, in the second, was it the second T20 or the first, where he's like whipped the bails off because he's angry. The ball's come loose from his hand and England ran an extra one. He's a right soaker on the field, isn't he? And he is Will, Will, now, now, he is. And now India just dropped two catches now. Chahal's just dropped Bairstow. Should we have that fielding discourse? I promise we'd have. <laughs> or should I, should we leave it? Because it's just not two drop catches. No big deal. Well, if we're talking about Virat being a bit annoying <laughs> on the pitch, we've not Ooh, quite yes. touched on on blaming him for Pants' run out yet. Um, which oh, I gosh, think... yeah. 
yeah, I, I completely forgot to, to criticise another Indian cricketer for no reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Especially one who's, who's been very good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, he, he kind of had to put in the performance with the bat that he did after that. Um, we, we've watched it all quite a few times, I think, possibly apart from Glenn, who is asleep. Um, but listeners should go watch them. themselves and, and make their own <laughs> minds up. But it, Pant, it, they run one. Pant runs another five ten yards beyond the stumps he thinks it's just a single they've given up and then it looks a lot like Coley calls for the run then there's a bit of indecision and then they commit and it's a run out by quite a long distance at that point and, and Pat looked furious at himself but I feel like if it was anyone other than Virat Coley we'd definitely say it was his fault for calling for the run because there was no way a two on it felt like Pan ran because Cody said you run. And if Cody yeah. says you run, you run. And he probably run. ran like a 29-yard pitch, Pan. And he's not, you know, he's, he's not the nippiest chap in pads. is the most liberal way of saying that. And that was brutal from Cody to call him through. i tell you what wound me up, and I said this to you boys on the day, was when Cody, like, had his arm wrapped around Pan, like, over his shoulder midway through a game. That just annoyed me quite irrationally because they were just two guys enjoying their cricket. But he was like, yeah, Pan, well done. This is what I did. I'm like, shut up, man. And then he's very good today, so I'll go to say that as well. So we, we've spoken a little bit about the Cody club before and the players he likes. So I just wanted to ask, who do we think, how much influence do you think he has on the selection? Because I think it's obviously it's well documented. Hardik Pandit is, you know, number one. He's the chairman of the Cody club. Uh, if Cody isn't the chairman, he's, well, he's the vice chairman. Though. Vice and, chairman, yeah. Because I think, I think then Sharia Sire is, is, a, is a big member of that Cody club as well. So that's kind of... I wonder how much that's affecting his selection in this. And, well, another one, if we want a calm head to play for India, sh- could they drop Kohli and bring in Rahane? Bloody hell. <laughs> we're, we're at that stage of the pod now where we're just saying we're whatever comes again. into our head. You know, whoever's got this far, thank it's you. It's like group therapy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry. But who, who, is, who's, who else is in this Kohli club, do we think? And... And who's who's getting in because they're just a mate of Kohli's? Because I think I think Shariah is certainly it's affecting his selection at the moment. I think he's definitely in. I think Jahal is a big member of the Kohli club. Um, strangely, Moeen is a member of the Kohli club. I don't know if we can kind of. <laughs> I don't know if we can steal it. <laughs> What's our predictions then for the end of this game? What's you're a minute or two ahead. What's the score as it stands now? Okay, so England are 141 for two. They require 16 off three overs. Um, I think 100 watch we're going to have to say is over now uh, yeah. yeah he needs 18 so he could if, if oh, Bess is on strike though so yeah anyway I think it's going to be 2 on England lads do, do you reckon but he could what he could still do is uh, Bess hits a single now then Butler hits 3 so I might have to stop uh, you there uh, <laughs> stop me there he could well no actually he could still but Bess hits 1 then Butler hits three sixes in a row. That's it. Yes, correct. Yeah, that would do it. Nice one. Good math, Zach. So if that happens, that would be great. And one quick thing to add, uh, Johnny Bairstow just passed a thousand uh, T20 international runs. Can we just like underline his importance and like the lack of respect a lot of time commentators and fans talk about him? Like he's a pivotal part of the England setup, and he never gets any respect. So that's an amazing achievement for him. I, th- I think I'm part of that. I I can't look at him. I can't look at him the same way after that dismal test series. I think I can now. I think that fact cements that. And he's, yeah, he is pretty integral. I don't know, is he integral at four? <laughs> I'm going to, like, he's, he's just fallen over a paddle sweep, to be fair. That's a great shot. But I, is he integral at four? He's a very good player. 
he has been pushed around this side. He was opening for a while, and he's been moved down just because Joss Butler wants to open. He isn't. He isn't the <laughs> player who plays at four. He isn't the player who plays at four. You're making Butler sound like a spoiled child. He's just better than Bearstow, and he should be opening. Butler's not going to change room. He's going. Mm, I want to open. Mm. And then he gets. He gets what he did today. Best is very good. I don't think he's essential. I love that this conversation was tr- tried to be started by Glenn to give some respect to a man who's taken a lot of criticism. <laughs> you see what I mean? Slap, Stan. I'm sorry, I don't know where it's come from, but I think then my response is part of your point, right? Yeah, it's exactly part of it. There's no respect for Johnny Verso in the media. Well, congratulations, Johnny, on passing a thousand T20I runs and guiding him to a win. Uh, 2-1, I will call it now. It should, should all be fine. Um, cool. Before we go, Zach, how's your bread looking? Everyone needs to know. Is it, is it okay? And how does it look? How does it relate to Jack Leach's head in particular? <laughs> it doesn't look that much like Jack Leach's head, unfortunately, because it is a, it is a, you know, it's a sun-dried tomato and cheddar, you know, one of those loaves or something. So, yeah, it's going to does not resemble a man's head, unfortunately, which was... Which was the task. That'll about wrap it up for this week then. That's your half series review. England have just won uh, by eight wickets as this is wrapping up. So well done to them. 2-1 in a well-poised series. Go on the lads. Uh, Glenn, say goodbye to everybody and um, good luck digging your car out of six foot snow. Yeah, going to go get the shovel. Uh, get myself to work. Happy days. <laughs> will, see you later. See you later. Zach, enjoy your bread. See you later. Thank you, I will. And uh, we're back next week for a full series of you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.